Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are thankful for this day. We're thankful, Lord, for your goodness to us. I pray that you'd bless now the uh, effort to preach your word. I pray that you'd use it, God, to be a help uh, to each one who would hear this sermon. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning I'm going to begin by talking about something that I know uh, there is a chance that I have talked about it before, and if this is a repeat thought or a repeat illustration, I somewhat apologize and somewhat ask you to forgive me, but it works and I suspect that it will be new to you whether you've heard it before or not. Several years ago, I was looking at my garage and I determined that I needed a little bit more storage space for all the different items that I have in the garage. And so one of the things that I decided I could do was build some shelves there on one of the walls and there I could place the different items that I needed to get off the floor and out of different areas of the garage. And so I did what really anybody around here would do. It would make sense. I went to the lumber yard. I bought the supplies that I needed. I took them home. I began laying things out. And within a few hours, I had some shelves built. Not anything impressive. Not anything that uh, you would want to enter into a shelf building contest. But I had some shelves built. And I had everything finished. I had everything complete. And I stepped back for just a little bit, and I admired my work, what I had accomplished that day. Well, after building these shelves, I think you understand this. I think that you can identify with this, that because I had built those shelves, I was the one who was able to determine what would then go on those shelves. It was not up to the kids to decide. It was not really even up for Susie to decide because, frankly, she doesn't care what I do with the stuff in the garage. But it wasn't really up for her to decide what would go on these particular shelves. It wasn't up for anyone to decide. It was up to me to decide what would go on these shelves for the simple fact that I was the one who built the shelves, that I was the one who created those shelves. And so not only that, I want us to think about this, and I know it will seem silly at first, but I want us to think about this because of where the message is headed. Of all the people or of all the things that really had no say in what those shelves would be used for, certainly the shelves had no say in what they would be used for. You understand this, right? So whenever I put the chainsaw on one of the shelves, it's not as though the shelf could say to me, hey, hey, listen, I don't store chainsaws. That's not what I was made for. Uh, no, guess what? I just made you, and the chainsaw is going right here. I, I put the weed eater over here on this particular shelf and the blower on this particular shelf and, and some totes that Susie had over here, and I did this. And, and at no point was the weed eater or the blower or the totes or anything else able to look at me and say, nope, 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 that's, that, that's, no, that, that's not why I'm here. No, I, I made you shelf, and guess what? You will do whatever I tell you to do. That's, that's the way it works. You understand that, right? Now, obviously, a shelf would not talk to me unless I'd had an interesting night before. I'm just saying uh, the shelf had no authority to declare what it would or would not be used for. The shelf was going to do what I wanted it to do. You understand that, right? Now, this morning, we'll get back to that thought in just a few minutes, but I, I want us to think about something today. You're probably aware of this, but I just want us to be mindful of that, and that is this, is that we do not live in the same country from a spiritual standpoint that most of us grew up in. 
We are not living in the same day, the same era, the same time frame that, that we grew up in. And so with that, there comes a mentality and there comes a thought process that is completely different than how many of us were raised. And so what I mean by that this morning would just mean this, is that there are many people in our culture and many people in our society today, let's listen now, there are many people in our culture today and they have no concept or thought process related to God. You understand this, right? There are many people now who go throughout their daily lives and they have no consideration in their thought process to who God is in their personal life. And so you work with people, you live beside people, some of you now have them in your family. They can go weeks, they can go months, they can even go years without ever for a moment considering God in their life. Not only that, because of the world that we're now living in, so many of the people who do recognize God have a very twisted and jaded perspective of who God is. You understand this, right? Let's at least nod if we are aware of this, okay? If somebody says they believe in God, if they are aware of God, they are mindful of God... The more you talk to them, the more you realize whatever God they are familiar with, it is certainly not the God of Scripture. It is not the God of the Bible. And and I think, whether we'd like to admit it or not, that there are many people who even sit in church on a regular basis and they don't really know who God is. They have been so influenced and they have been so affected by the culture that we are now a part of that many times you hear people who identify themselves as Christians talk about God and you want to say this, friends, that is not the God of Scripture. That is not what has been revealed of who God is. And so this morning what I want to do is I want to spend just a few moments reminding us a little bit about who God is because it will not only help us, but it can help us in dealing with other people. And not only this morning do I want us to consider who God is, for the next few weeks I want us to be reminded who is this God that we claim to serve? Who is this God that we identify ourselves with? If I am going to say I believe in God, if I am going to say that I am a follower of God, then I need to have a clear understanding and a solid understanding of who God is. So let me ask you, if I wanted to know something about you or you wanted to know something about me, if collectively we wanted to know something about someone else, well, where would be probably one of the better places to start? Well, probably somewhere toward the beginning, right? If I want to know something about you, it would help me to know where you were born, what family you were born into, kind of what the early years were like. And so this morning, as we begin this little mini-series, here's what we're going to do. We're going to kind of start toward the beginning and, and try to understand who is this God that we claim to serve, that we claim to follow, that we identify ourselves with and say that we have given our lives to. So this morning, let's start toward the beginning in Genesis chapter 1. 
In Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1, here's what it says, In the beginning, God. So in the fourth word of our scripture, in the fourth word of what we have based our entire lives upon, God is mentioned and God is identified. And so what it says in verse number 1 is this, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And so here's what I want us to focus on for just a moment. That in the very first verse of the Scripture, the thing that sets the stage for the rest of the Scripture is this, is that in the beginning, God created, which says this, that the God that you and I serve, He is the Creator God. I want us to, to, to focus on that for the next few moments, and I want us to think about this. And Somebody may say, this is so basic, this is so elementary, maybe not as basic and as elementary as we'd like to think. So let's focus on this, let's give attention to this. In the beginning, God created. Our God is a creator God. Now, as we read through the next few verses, here's what you see, even in verse number 1, that this Creator God, this, this One who is fashioned, this One who is formed, here's what it says, that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the, word, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the earth, and the Spirit of God moved upon, upon the face of the waters." And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And as the next few verses continue, here's what we read, and here's what we understand. God created, and God formed, and God fashioned, and God made everything that exists on this earth today. I know that we know this. I know that we're probably in full agreement with this, but I want to say it anyways just to make sure that we're all on the same page. As a Bible believer, you and I can never come to this conclusion that we are here as the result of evolution over the process of hundreds of millions and billions of years. We are not here because things just kept evolving and things just kept progressing and eventually this turned into this and this transformed into this and this evolved into this and one day the knuckle-draggers finally stood upright and began to talk and began to communicate and began to be what we refer to as mankind. Listen, this world and what we see it is not here because it evolved over the process of time. This world that we are a part of, it is because God created it. God spoke it into existence. He said, let there be light, and there was light. Whenever he spoke and he formed the waters, the waters were formed. When the trees were spoken into existence, it was because God spoke it and it happened. God created everything. It did not evolve, and it certainly is not the result of an explosion somewhere in space. Now, again, I know that we know this, but I want us to be mindful of it because you will find people, some even today, who identify themselves as Christians, who toy with the idea, who tinker with the idea that maybe evolution is a part of this or maybe that it was some kind of cosmic explosion that created this. Friends, that makes no sense whatsoever. It takes far more faith to believe that than it does to believe the creation account. The world was created because God created it with his spoken word. That is the God that we serve, the creator God. 
So as we continue through the Scripture in chapter 1, here's what we find and we're familiar with. I know that, again, that none of us would argue this, but notice in verse number 27 what it says. It says, So so God created man in his own image. Let's start over. It says in verse number 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. What does verse number 27 tell us? Verse number 27 tells us this, that God created man. That would be Adam and Eve, right? All right, so God not only created the the, the land and the sea, He not only created the light and the darkness, God created man, both male and female, created He them. Only two. And they knew which ones they were. All right, just throw that in for us. He created two, and it was male and female, and Adam knew which one he was, and Eve knew which one she was. All right? Okay. We don't have to get excited about it, but it is Bible. Okay. Now, that being said, the Scripture is clear that God created man. And from there, God gave these instructions to Adam and Eve to be fruitful, to multiply, and to replenish the earth. And so what God said to Adam and Eve after he created them, after he formed them, after he fashioned them, after he made them, what he said to them was this, I want you to be fruitful, I want you to multiply, and I want you to replenish the earth. And so what Adam and Eve did is they were obedient and they began this reproduction process. And and without spending a long time on this, here's what I want us to understand, that every person who has ever been born on this earth since Adam and Eve is the result of God creating that person as much as God created Adam and Eve. We understand this that the reason anybody has ever existed on this earth is because God created them. There is no such thing as the accidental existence of an individual. The reason that a person exists on this earth today is because God created them. Now, I know that some would say, well, that's not exactly true. That's not exactly right. That's not what I believe. Well, first of all, It's a matter of belief. It's a matter of faith. But I want us to consider a couple of verses throughout the Scripture just to try to solidify the position that I take and I hope that you take. But I want us to remember something we looked at a few weeks ago in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12. You can turn there if you want, but you don't have to. But in Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, verse number 7, here is what Solomon said. He said, "...then shall the dust return to the earth as it was." And the Spirit shall return unto God, who did what? Who gave it? Solomon said that there is going to come a day, there is going to come a time when we are going to die and this flesh is going to return to dust. And when it returns to dust, here is what the Spirit of man will do. It is going to return unto God who gave us the life that we enjoy. The reason that I am alive today and the reason that you are alive today is because God gave us this life. Now, somebody may say, well, that doesn't mean he created us. Well, let's just real quick look in verse number 1, if you've got your place there, what Solomon said in verse number 1. Before he got to verse number 7, it begins by saying this, Remember now thy, what? Creator. 
You know what Solomon was doing? He was imploring that younger generation, those who were behind him, he was doing this. He was pleading with them to be mindful of their creator who was God. I'm just trying to show us. You know what Solomon was of the opinion of? Solomon was of the opinion that God had created him and God who had, and God had created everyone else who was alive at that time. And he said, remember now your creator in the days of your youth. Someone may say, well, that was Solomon's opinion, that was Solomon's position in life, but it doesn't mean it was true. I understand, but we could go over to the book of Jeremiah if we wanted to. And this is what God said to Jeremiah. He said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth, I sanctified thee. What did God say to Jeremiah? He said this, I formed thee. I'm the one who did this. I didn't just form the trees. I didn't just form the animals. I didn't just form the vegetation that is a part of this earth. I didn't just form Adam and Eve and and breathe life into Adam. I did not just form them. I want you to know, Jeremiah, before I formed you in the belly, before I did that, I knew you and I sanctified you. But the point is this, is God just makes it clear I am the one who formed you. Well, friends, if God formed Jeremiah, who do we think formed us? Well, you know, just my father and my mother, you know, and I don't even, you know, I don't even know how all the science works, but, you know, I know my father and mother, they came together, and, and that's how I came about. Now, now listen, that is in the simplest of, of ways in which to describe or to explain the situation, but friends, again, as a believer, as a child of God, as, as one who looks to the Scripture, here's what we must conclude. I'm here because God formed me. God fashioned me. God made me exactly as He wanted me to be. And that's what God did for you. So you have Solomon making this declaration. You have Jeremiah making the declaration. You have David. Again, you don't have to turn there if you don't want, but you have David. In Psalm 139. In Psalm 139, he makes this statement in verse number 1. Not 139. I apologize. I got the wrong scripture. But David said in the book of Psalms, Thou hast, For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what David said. He said, I am fearfully made. And wonderfully made. So you've got Solomon who thinks that they're the result of God's creation. You've got Jeremiah being told, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And David said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Then Job said this in chapter 10. Job said, Thine hands have made me and fashioned me together round about. Job said, you have made me and fashioned me. Again, the idea is you have created me together round about. Over and over through the scripture, I've just pointed out a few of the references, 
But over and over again, we see in the Scripture that those who identified themselves as followers of God believed that God was their creator, that God was their designer, that they were not here on accident, that they were not here because of, of a man and a woman simply coming together, but they were here because God had created them and placed them on this earth. Friends, why are we here? Because God formed us, God made us, God fashioned us, He created us. That's why we're here. Now, all that being said, again, if we stayed in the book of Psalms, we would find that David wrote these words in Psalm 24. He said this, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth is the Lord's. What does that mean? It means this, the earth belongs to God. Why does the earth belong to God? Because God created it. It's kind of like my shelves, you know. Those shelves belong to me because I'm the one who formed it and I'm the one who fashioned it and I'm the one who created them. So, so here is David, and again in chapter number 24, he said, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. All of this world and all of this earth, it belongs to God. But he went on to say this, that it's not just the earth that belongs to the Lord and the fullness thereof. He said the world... And, and this is important. He said, and they that dwell therein. Amen. They that dwell therein. David declares that as an individual, I belong to God because God created me. You understand this? That was David's position. That was David's statement of how this worked, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and the world and they that dwell therein. All this is God's because God is the one who created it and established it. So back in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 27, whenever the Scripture declares that God made male and female, He created them both, understand, please, that immediately Adam and Eve became, for lack of better words, the property of God because God created them. Okay? And as soon as we were created... Guess who we became the property of? We became the property of God. We belong to Him. But, but there's a difference, you understand this, I hope, between mankind and some shelves in a garage. Sometimes not a lot of difference, but, but there is a difference. See, the difference would be this. Shelves have no will of their own in which to express themselves. But God gave man a will by which to express themselves. Okay, so even in a perfect world, even in a perfect environment, God gave Adam and Eve the free will and the ability to express that will however they so chose. And so though they were the possession of the Creator God... You know what Adam and Eve decided? That may be what I was designed for. 
And that may be what I was created for. But that's not what I want for my life. So in their rebellion, they sinned against God's perfect plan for their lives. And what did it lead to? It led to the very thing that God said it would lead to. It led to death. Now, it didn't lead to an immediate falling over kind of death, but it led to a spiritual death. And in that spiritual death, because they chose to exercise their own will over God's will, their Creator, you know what it led to? It led to all sorts of problems, all sorts of headaches, all sorts of frustrations, all sorts of misery, all sorts of things that they would have to deal with the rest of their lives. God was their creator, and God had a will for them, and God expressed that will to them. But Adam and Eve said, that's not what we want for our lives. Though we belong to you as our creator, though you are the one who has authority over us, here's what we've determined. That's not what we want. That's not what we desire. That's not how we choose to live out our days. And as a result of their rebellion, they messed everything up. For themselves. Nothing was made better. Everything was made worse. So when you and I entered into this world, whose nature did we have imposed upon us, for lack of better words? We had the nature of Adam imposed upon us. What does that mean? It means this, I was born with a fallen nature just as you were born with a fallen nature. So God created me and God created you and I I came forth into this world as you did as this, relatively speaking, innocent, faultless, pure child. But I had this fallen nature. And as a result of this fallen nature, you know what I have struggled with? though I didn't even realize it or recognize it in the early years of my life, obviously, you know what I have struggled with and you know what I have have wrestled with from day one, really? That would be this. Though I belong to God, my flesh does not want to yield to the authority of God in my life. And what I struggle with really isn't unique or uncommon. It's the struggle that every individual has. It doesn't matter that they are the possession of God because He created them. It doesn't matter that we belong to God because He is the one who formed us and fashioned us. See, our struggle is this, is we want to decide what we will do with our lives. And we want to choose what is going to happen in our lives. And and though we were designed for this, and though we were created for this, and though God had a specific purpose in mind for our lives, you know what our flesh wants to do? Our flesh wants to fight it and wrestle it and buck against it every step of the way because of that fallen, rebellious nature that every one of us have. You don't have to admit that about yourself, but it's true. Now, I want us to think about it for just a couple of moments. God created us. 
God formed us, God fashioned us, God gave us this life. The days and the years that we have been given, it is all the result of God granting it to us. And as we go throughout the days, whenever you and I live in rebellion to his authority because we want to do something different with our lives than what he has ordained for our lives, you know what it does. You you know this, but you know what it does? It frustrates us. Does it not? It frustrates us. It bothers us. It upsets us. And it creates a whole world of problems we would not otherwise have if we would just learn to yield to His authority in our lives because of the fact He is our Creator. I'll not speak for anyone but myself this morning. I'll just say this. Whenever I wake up in the morning and I'm a little bit more in the flesh than I ought to be, I can certainly see the consequences of that throughout the day. Whenever I wake up in the mornings, whenever I go throughout my day, whenever I go throughout a week, whatever the time frame may be, Whenever I am living according to my will and my authority and my desires and my plan, you know what is the ultimate end of that every time? It's frustration, irritation, being miserable because things aren't working out the way that I thought they would work out according to my plans. Now, I don't expect testimonies this morning. I don't expect people shouting and saying, that's right, that's me. But I want you to think about this. How many times have you gone through life and you gave no consideration to the fact that you belong to God and you'd let the the, the nature of Adam reign in you? And so what happened is this, is you decided that you would live according to your plans, your dreams, your goals, your desires. How many of you have done that? And if you'd admit it this morning, you'd look back over those times and say something like this, that didn't go so well for me. That would be the testimony of every honest person in here today. So contrast that to those times and those seasons in our lives where we recognized, I am not my own. I don't belong to myself. God, you are the potter and I am the clay. God, you are the one who created me and molded me and shaped me and formed me. God, you are the one who has given me life. Think about the number of times we have gone through our days with an awareness of God's authority in our lives. Isn't it amazing how different the outcome is? Apparently it's not too amazing. We're just going to stare about it. Honestly, think about it. Isn't it amazing the contrast between you and I recognizing His authority as opposed to the times we recognize ourselves to be the authority? There's not even a similarity between the outcomes. 
whenever I decide to exert my will and decide what I will do and how I'll be used, again, I'm frustrated, I'm irritated, I'm bothered. The peace is gone. The contentment is gone. The joy is gone. The long-term satisfaction is gone. And yet, whenever I recognize God, you created me and I'm here. And if I'll just submit myself to you, it is amazing. The peace is restored. The contentment is restored. The joy is restored. The way things are supposed to be, it's brought back into harmony because I'm recognizing where my authority lies. I'm saying to you and I this morning this very simple truth. We are living in a culture who has chosen to rebel against the authority of God. And I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but it's not exactly working out too well for our culture. We've got people who are on drugs. We've got people who are addicted. We've got people who are alcoholics. We've got people who are looking for escapes. We've got people who are looking over here for joy. They're looking over here for some kind of peace. They're pursuing it here. They're pursuing it here. We are living in a world that is rebellious toward the authority of God in their lives. It's not working out so well, and yet it's amazing the number of people who don't want to just admit God is the answer, and if I would just realize that and yield myself to him, my problems really would in many ways begin to go away. No, they want to continue to continue to fight and to kick against the authority of God because in the end what they really want to determine is what they'll do with their lives and God says, listen, you've got the freedom to do it but don't get upset when the consequences come. And there are a lot of people, even in our churches, they want to identify God as a part of their lives but they're no different than the culture who wants to deny the existence of God. They want to identify themselves as a follower of God. They may even say with the right terminology, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, I was saved at this particular stage in my life. They may even use the terminology that we use and that we're somewhat comfortable with. And yet if you watch their lives, here's what you discover. They don't want to yield to the authority of God. They want to decide what the rules are. They want to decide what they'll do with their lives. They want to decide this is how it's going to go and this is what I'll pursue. And they're as miserable as the world. They may not have all the same vices and they may not have all the same addictions. But I'm telling you, you you look at anyone who is trying to live out from under the authority of God and you will find someone who is eventually a very frustrated, miserable individual. I just want to remind us today, you and I are not the exception. When we yield to the authority of God in our lives, when we recognize Him as our Creator, things begin to fall in line. It doesn't mean that we have a perfect life. It doesn't mean that we don't ever have a struggle of any sort because we live in a fallen world. Those things are going to happen. But whenever you and I yield to the authority of God in our lives, things began to take shape in ways that it'll never happen so long as we live in rebellion to God's authority. You and I, just because we have attended church this morning, you and I, just because we have assembled, doesn't mean that we get to then go out and live however we want and God's not going to address it. No, the life of Christianity is a life of obedience, recognizing He is the authority, I am not, not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesdays, but every day of the week, each moment of those days. And if we don't recognize his authority, 
we will frustrate ourselves immensely. And this morning, I would assume and I would suspect that there are some in here you strive to live with the awareness of God's authority in your life. It's something you strive for. It's something you, you strive to maintain. It's the picture that you try to remember on a daily basis, that he is the head and you are not. But at the same time, there is no question some in our church, though you're here, though you look good, though you sound good, though everything appears to be right, if you would be honest, you'd have to say this, I'm the one who's been in charge lately. I'm the one who's tried to determine what the direction will be, what the rules will be, how all this is going to play out. And, and I, I, I just, I believe that if some would be honest, there would have to be some who said this, and I'm miserable right now. I'm not enjoying this. It's not fun. It will never be enjoyable to live in rebellion against our Creator. God created me. He created you. All that dwell therein, God created us, and we are His, whether we like it or not. He is our authority. He is our head. He is the one who gets to determine the direction and the course for our lives. And if we, re and if we rebel against that, it is us who will pay the consequences for it. It's something that we need to remember. It's something we need to consider. And it's something that as the Lord gives opportunity, we need to share with other people. The reason why you're so miserable is because you're living in rebellion to the authority of God in your life. I'm not saying they'll appreciate it, but it's what they need to hear. And it's what we need to hear from time to time. I hope we'll consider it. All right? Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, I come to you this morning, I pray that you'd help us to remember that you are our creator. God, that you are the one who formed us, you are the one who fashioned us, you are the one who has given us life, and you are our authority, that we belong to you. It's that simple. God, would you help us today to remember that it, whether it be us or anyone else, when we rebel against your authority, it will not end well, just as Adam and Eve are the perfect picture of that truth. I pray that you'd bless the invitation. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.